0: Good morning, people of God. Oh, my goodness. Is it too early in the morning? I thought I said, good morning, people of God. Oh, amen. So just a heads up, we are having uh, some technical difficulties, so the service may look a little different this morning, uh, especially for those of you joining us online. They are scrambling trying. We have brilliant people working on it, but... uh, those gremlins, I, they, they, I, they're here. In case you're wondering where gremlins are, they live at King of Kings, and they get to play with our uh, electrical equipment every Saturday night, I, I swear. But uh, anywho, welcome. Glad you are here joining us for worship this morning. For those of you online, welcome as well. My name is Pastor Dave Parker, and uh, we are so blessed to be able to worship God together today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, a couple quick announcements. Today's the final day. Our youth group will be taking pre-orders for subs for Super Bowl Sunday next week. So uh, at the football-decorated table in the entryway, you can uh, sign up for sandwiches for next week. Kids are going to be here early on Sunday morning, making them fresh. So uh, you can place your orders and pick those up after worship uh, next Sunday. Again, any profits going to be split between the youth fund for them to do uh, activities and events, and also uh, between Living Waters camping ministry, so that you know we can pay for scholarships for kids to go to camp for free. Uh, this morning, Sunday school kids are putting on a pancake breakfast. Maybe you started to catch uh, some of the, the the wafting of pancakes being made in the back social hall. So, if you're joining us online. After the, after the live stream, come on over. If you're here, stick around and uh, head back to the social hall and dig in. Fresh pancakes, fruit, all that kind of stuff. Finally, our King of Kings book club is uh, meeting tomorrow night after our Monday night worship service, so about 7.30ish. And again on Tuesday morning via Zoom, there's more information in the entryway and also in our constant contact that's sent out every week. With all that said... Let's get after it. I invite you to stand as you are able and greet the neighbors you have around you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everlasting God, you give strength to the weak and power to the faint. Make us agents of your healing and wholeness that your good news may be made known to the ends of your world. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people, say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So last week, we read about and talked about a time when Jesus encountered a man with an unclean spirit at church, at synagogue, and how he cast that unclean spirit out, healing the man and restoring him to his true identity. Jesus refused to let anything other than God define who that man was. He was not a man with a problem. He was a child of God, beloved and beautiful to behold. And God does that very same thing for each and every one of you. The mission of Jesus was to cast out anyone and anything that says that you are anything other than a child of God, loved and accepted just as you are. So, dear ones, again, remember that you are loved, and God thinks you are worth dying for. Amen? Amen. So that was last week's theme and message and scripture reading. This week... Uh, our Bible reading once again comes to us from the very same chapter, uh, the first chapter of Mark, starting right after we left off last week. So we're starting in verse 29. Look at that, you can follow along on the screen. So as soon as they left that synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother in law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand. And lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, He got up and went to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alright, so as as hard as I tried, for the life of me, I could just not I, I I just couldn't narrow down my message this week. Normally, as I read and reread our upcoming scripture for the next Sunday. I, I, I usually try to focus in on, on, on one person or, or one theme or, or even one word and really just kind of drive that home so we have something very succinct to go home with, right? Every Sunday kind of has its own purpose in that, refle- in that res- respect, but I couldn't. I couldn't narrow it down to one. As many times as I read our scripture reading, it felt like three different parts to this message, to this reading, and it just felt like three different sermons. So I'm going to give you three sermons today. Buckle up. You didn't expect that, did you? I better let the pancake people know. It's going to be a while. But maybe instead of three full sermons, I think we'll kind of uh, narrow it down a little bit to maybe three little messages. And here's my hope. Um, They may not go together and flow in a very linear uh, respect, but my hope is that at least one of them can kind of plant their seed and and kind of grow roots in your heart today. That at least one of them speaks to you wherever you're at in this moment. So, uh, any complaints? Good. (laughs) When you don't want to have someone complain, don't give them room to complain. There you go. So uh, let's jump in. So right off the start, again, Jesus and his new disciples are leaving church and the whole experience with this unclean, now redefined man. And they head to Simon and Andrew's home with uh, uh, John and James. And, and and just as a heads up, Simon is uh, the guy that Jesus later renames as Peter, Okay, They have a moment together and Jesus says, you know what, I'm going to call you Peter now. Peter means Petros in, in the Greek, which means rock. On you, I'm going to build my church. And so he, he kind of renames him Simon Peter. So that's the Simon we, we get in our reading today. So they go to their house and uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law is sick. Anyone notice something interesting about that little sentence right there? Mother-in-law means that Simon was married. Simon Peter, the lead disciple, if you will, had a wife. Now why does this matter? Well first, I think most of us tend to think that the disciples are, well, not like the rest of us. Right? And like they, they were cut from a different cloth, that they led very different lives, that they were destined to be Jesus' disciples from the beginning, and generally they were just playing different. I mean, who can just say, yep, I'm going to follow you and just drop everything and go? Anyone else ever feel like that? Like the disciples are just apart from us? Yes, we know they made mistakes, and yes, they kind of said some dumb things every once in a while, and they certainly weren't perfect. And yet I still think we have a hard time relating to them. They do, after all, kind of begin the grassroots movement of the Christian church and literally change the world through sharing their experience of Jesus. But here we have Pete, who has a mother-in-law who is sick, and he's worried about her, and he asks Jesus for help. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds kind of ordinary. It sounds kind of like us. Because don't we do the same thing? When our loved ones are struggling or going through a hard time, don't we also turn to Jesus and ask for help? I appreciate Mark sharing this story this morning because it's such a wonderful reminder that we aren't truly all that different from those disciples. They were ordinary people living ordinary lives with all the same problems and issues that we still face today and they were still trying to figure out... uh, life as they went, and they had Jesus to help reorient them and to point them to a more meaningful and purpose-filled life, kind of like we do still today. So that was my first theme. The first really kind of main uh, bullet that just came out at me was this idea that you and I can be and are every bit the same as these disciples. Every bit is important These first disciples who had lives outside of their time spent with Jesus, just the same as we do as well. Amen? Amen. I think that's good to acknowledge. Second theme. After Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, the next part of the story takes place. It was evening at sundown, and they started to bring people to Jesus. And I find it fascinating... That Mark tells us that they brought all who were sick and that Jesus cured many who were sick. All were brought, but only many were healed. Now, I don't know if this contrast was intentional. I didn't have time to to parse out the Greek words to figure out exactly what was going on here. But, But that kind of floored me this week. That Jesus didn't seem to cure them all. Which I don't know about you, but this was so life-giving to me to hear this week, not because there were some people that didn't get healed. That part kind of sucks. But, even Jesus couldn't do it all. Doesn't it seem like so often we focus on the things that we have missed, on what we are, we are not doing or getting done, or where we have fallen short? Anyone else have, ever have those thoughts? We carry that with us, those regrets, those, those disappointments, those failures. Anyone else have a to-do list that just refuses to get shorter? <laughs> we cross off one or two things only to find three or four more things add on to that list. Or that we have those instances or relationships that are broken or that we're stuck not knowing how to fix them or change them or make it better or those should-haves, or those could-haves haunt us because in, in not doing them we feel like, like we're failing at life. But what if instead of focusing on what we have missed or, or what we're not getting done or where we have fallen short, what if instead we focus more on and draw strength from those that we have reached? Those, those moments when we have accomplished and when we focus on when we, where we have moved more fully into the callings as followers of Jesus, right? Those moments of goodness. So much of life is a matter of perspective. If we feel like failures, and we, then we start to only see failure, and, and then we stop trying for fear of failing. But if we look for the good... The good that we've done, the good that's being done around us, on what's going well, on the differences that we have made, well, that gets excited to want to go do more and engage more in life, right? Have you ever noticed that before? That's something that I've struggled with throughout all my years as being a pastor. It is so easy for me to look around and see all, everything else that other churches are doing and thinking, oh, if we're not doing that, I must be failing, And life gets hard when that's the little voice that's in our heads starting to chirp. And so it's easy to become discouraged. But then I hear how even Jesus couldn't do it all and yet He obviously still made a huge impact on those He could help and how that was still a huge win. That there was still so many lives touched and healed and loved as I hope and pray and know that our ministries have helped to do the same for many people as well. It's almost like that uh, that story of, of the person uh, who goes down to the beachfront after the storm comes in and finds all those well, the uh, sea stars that are on the, the beach, okay? And they it's just there's thousands of them, and they start picking one up at a time and throwing them back in the water. And someone else notices and like, what are you doing? What kind of difference can you make? And you picked up the one and said, you know, well this one, it matters to this one, right? It's a matter of perspective in life. That even though everyone was brought to Jesus, only many were healed, to me says, it's about looking at, at the broader picture, maybe, of our lives. And yes, we're going to have disappointments and setbacks and failures and things that happen, but still, to continue to look for the good, to strive for the better. And let that be our focus and our fuel to kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other. So that was the second theme that really spoke to me. Focus less on the failings and look more for the good in life. Look for the ways that you've made an impact for the better and then be on the lookout for even more opportunities to heal and to love and to welcome and to make a difference. Amen? Amen. And maybe by now you're thinking, okay, Pastor Dave, that's already enough. Those two were such awesome insights that are going to change my life forever. Why are you laughing? What? I know. I just there's one more short one that I have to share. Because again, it spoke to my heart. There's a third theme that comes from the last part of our Bible reading. That Jesus also prays. I mean, we know this, right? This is throughout the New Testament. We've heard this so many times. Jesus goes off to a deserted place and he prays, right? But it just, again, it kind of floored me. Because here we have the Son of God who is thought and is God, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one being together, right? So Jesus is God, and yet Jesus is praying. Is he praying to himself? I mean, isn't that like kind of me going home and just saying, Dave, uh, I really hope you're doing well today. I really hope that you can help me get through this next uh, few moments. Dave, that'd be great, Dave. Thank you, Dave. But here we find Jesus taking time to pray, to withdraw and to tend to his own spiritual life. And this, to me, is way too easy to forget, even, as us, even for us pastors. I don't know about you, uh, but life feels pretty hectic a lot of times, right? Even those days when we don't have much going on, it still feels like there's a lot going on that we're trying to get away from. And maybe some days, having that to-do list or that, oh, now I have to add prayer to my to-do list, thanks a lot, just feels like one more thing to do, right? But what if it's the most important thing that we do every day? What if instead of getting our to-do list or making sure we get to work on time or whatever, the most important thing we can do is to reconnect with God? It literally changes the outcome of our entire day. When we start with prayer and get away for a moment to recharge and to rest and relax and just be one with God, it literally changes our perspectives. It changes our interactions. It changes our relationships. It changes how we perceive the life that we go through. Because life gets hard, amen? And to me, this was Jesus had to have had just a crazy night the day before, all right? I mean, he just got out of a synagogue. He left church in shambles because of what he had done for that unclean man and really kind of upset all the authorities because of what was going on. He goes to some new person's house, spends the night there literally healing and curing and casting out demons. And instead of just, you know, getting some rest, and he, it says, you know, he got up extra early before the sun was even up and he went away to a deserted place to recharge because he knew it was going to be a busy day again. So that to me spoke volumes. It's like, what what if we start our mornings off like that? What if we just start off uh, tomorrow morning like that and see where it goes from there? Or maybe before we go to bed tonight, or maybe even before you leave today, just take a moment and reconnect with God because here's what I have found. The more that we share with God, the more that we get off of our plate, God puts something right back on, doesn't he? usually it's a lot less heavy. Usually it's something like peace or a reminder that we're loved or just the ability to to be refreshed and take the next step because life gets hard. So that's why I find Jesus speaking to my heart today. He goes off to a deserted place to reconnect, to recharge, to get ready for the day ahead and what an opportunity for us as well. If Jesus had to do it, I'm pretty sure it's probably good for us, right? So those are the three themes for today, dear ones, that, that, that reminder that we are every bit as human and as important as those very first disciples. To know that despite what negative things happen, to look for the good and focus on, and feed off of the, the positivity, the, the things that, that, that we are living into. And in all things, pray. Pray. Get plugged back in. Be reminded that you are not doing this alone. Be reminded that your biggest fan just so happens to be the biggest. So may at least one of these themes be planted in your heart today. And we just kind of sprinkle on some of that uh, love from from Jesus and that water from God and just watch it grow. That's my prayer for each and every one of you today. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word and, uh, and how it speaks to us in so many different ways. That Just a series of just a few short verses can, can offer so very much for each and every one of us. Lord, I just want to lift up to you, both our people here and for those watching online and, and for those not able to make it today, that you just make your presence known, that you be that, that physical, tangible reminder in their life that they are loved and cared for and that anything that's on their heart today, they can just give to you as they reconnect with you. Lord, be that reminder to us each and every day that just as those first disciples were chosen by Jesus, you choose us as well. And that all this learning and, and walking with you is, is, is about bringing your message to the next place and sharing your love and forgiveness and new life. Give us the the courage and the excitement to do that each and every day. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. In response to the generosity and promises of God, we now receive our offering as well as the praise band sharing their offering too. I invite you to stand as you are able. We now pray for God's blessing on the church, the world, and all of creation. At the end of each little prayer, I will say, merciful God, please respond with, hear our prayer, or receive our prayer. Let us pray. Everlasting God, you bring your healing power to this church. Give your church a spirit of unity and prayer that that we discern your way for us in this world. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Creator of the ends of the earth, you make the grass grow and send rain for the soil. Bring your creation into harmony and balance. Inspire us to honor the miraculous beauty of all that you've made. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God without equal, Your steadfast love endures forever. Bring the leaders, elected officials, and peacekeepers of our towns and our countries into understanding and unity. Guide them to serve with compassion and understanding. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God who strengthens, you lift up with your hand any who are suffering. Heal those who are brokenhearted and strengthen the weak and all who are in need especially those that we name now, either silently or out loud. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God who gives power to the faint, challenge us to share the faith stories of what God has done in our own lives. Open us to receive the unique ways God is at work in us, especially those whose perspectives challenge our own. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ our Lord as we now pray the prayer He taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess all those times when we have failed to live, as God calls and invites us to live. So I invite you to use the words together on the screen. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear these words, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us and for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you, the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people say, Amen. At this time, I invite those of you at home uh, who need to get out some bread and some wine or juice or for those of you who have your communion kits today to take those out now as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. This time, I invite the communion deacons to come forward. For those of you either at home or communing from your seats, the body and blood of Christ given and shed for you. For the rest of us, soon the ushers, we're going to invite you to come down to receive communion. After consuming the body and blood of Christ, we invite you to continue to walk around the outsides and to put your cups in the baskets provided on the outside. Uh, We also have gluten-free wafers available. Just let your deacon know on the way up, and I will bring one over. Also, if any children would like to come forward who haven't yet learned about communion, we would absolutely love to give them a blessing. And uh, whether you're a member here or not, whether you are Lutheran or not, this is God's love given and shed for you, so come, for all is ready. of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you this day and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Finally, may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. Amen. With that, people of God, have some pancakes, right? And go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.